Today's guest, Gary Gormley, spent 17 years in contact centre operations management before he decided to start up his customer experience training and consulting business back in February 2019. And he's taken his knowledge about customer journey mapping, process improvement, and contact centre employee engagement and created his own customer service excellence framework. And it's using this consulting framework, or what Gary calls his FAB or FAB proposition, that's allowed Gary to help his clients to run an efficient contact center in four key areas, people, process, technology, and leadership. I've been the learning and development manager for a business with a a huge, um, multiple hundred customer service team across South Africa, Spain, and of course, Ireland. And I've worked in on the phones in several contact centers. One of my first jobs was working for a company called Sykes McQueen back in the day, and they ran large business process outsourcing or BPO uh, programs on behalf of clients such as Microsoft. So I know exactly what it's like to work in a contact center. And I'm quite... Um, I think back on my time in contact centers quite fondly. In fact, I learned lots and got to know lots of people and I really got to understand technology there. But today's guest is an expert because he has substantially more experience than many people I know because he was involved in contact center operations management. And the framework that Gary has developed over the years has helped him to really finalize and crystallize workshops, coaching, playbooks, and his diagnostics tools. And using his overall framework, Gary is able to show contact center consulting clients where and how he adds value to their operations. So what's this got to do with you? Great question. Well, maybe you've got some model or framework you're thinking of developing. Perhaps you have one, or maybe you think you need one. Have you given any thought to how this can help to shape what you offer as a consultant, as a trainer, as a coach. In today's episode, how Gary's developed his FAB or FAB proposition, what Gary does to attract high-paying clients where contact centers need his support, how Gary brings in associates under his brand. These are people who perhaps don't do exactly what Gary does, but he can work with these people under his brand to help his clients in a range of areas. And of course, how Gary believes his framework has helped him to win business. This is the Training Business Podcast. Hey, and welcome to the trainingbusiness.com podcast. Every week, we bring you exciting news and interviews with training business experts and training business entrepreneurs from around the world. Thanks for tuning into today's episode. Here's your host, Mark Garrett Hayes. Hey, welcome to the show. It's my privilege, my pleasure to welcome you back. If it's your first time here, welcome. This is the show for people like you and me. If you're a consultant, trainer, coach, someone who helps other people to be the very best that they can be, perhaps you work with a training company, someone else's clients, or perhaps you have your own clients, or perhaps you work in corporate in the talent development, learning and development function. Either way, this is the show for you. And it's every Thursday that we have great guests on the show. And today is no exception. You can find great platforms out there with loads of podcast episodes of the show and other great episodes in the past, present and future archives. And maybe you've got some ideas for the kinds of guests and content that you'd like to have on this show, which of course is your show. You can reach me personally via mark at trainingbusiness.com. I reply individually and read all emails personally. 
I mentioned before the music that today's guest is going to talk about his value proposition and how that's helped him to attract high-paying clients. His name is Gary Gormley, and I think you're going to enjoy this one. Gary, hi. Welcome to the show. Nice to be here, Mark. Where are you speaking to me from today? I am from the sunny climes of Manchester, which isn't really all that sunny. <laughs> no, n- n- neither is it with me. So down to business. W- what is your business called? Well, it's the, the business is Fab Solutions. But what a lot of people don't know is that Fab actually stands for Forensic About Business. So it's uh, Fab Solutions for, for short, but the full title is Forensic About Business Solutions. Okay, when did you start this? Uh, so it's actually coming up to my third year anniversary in February, which is very exciting. Okay, so for a number of years before that, you were in contact centre operations manager roles. Is that right? Yeah, I spent um, a stint in McDonald's at the, the MACD University um, for probably far too long. Uh, then had a, a small dabble and journey into um, uh, retail in the, the grocery division. And then by surprise, landed up in um, the contact center world. And I stayed there for pretty much, like you say, around 17 years. And I think that's really important when people go to a market or the marketplace with a value proposition as trainers, as consultants, that we have a track record in an area. Why contact centers for you? You know what? I I mean, I started in the, the contact center world as um, an agent. So I was on the phone. I was I was in the, the sales team. I was doing B2B sales in the private health insurance sector. And did I see it as a stopgap at that time? I probably did. I think that's where most people tend to think that... Um, their, their career in call centers is, is going to start as a bit of a stopgap. But actually, when you when you look at the, the the world of contact centers and the number of roles and the number of areas and the number of different types of things you can get involved in, it's a remarkable place to work. Um, and there's so many different things and so many different projects that you can get involved in. And I stayed there because I thoroughly enjoyed it. I absolutely loved the uh, environment. I loved the the pace. Uh, I loved the change um, agenda that was going through. Uh, and it was a great company to work for. I was working with, for uh, Booper Healthcare. Um, so it was, um, it was a great organization to be a part of. That's a large UK um, healthcare provider. Um, I've worked in contact centers before myself. I worked for a company called Sykes McQueen back in the day, quite a while ago, but I got that taste for um, multilingual customer service support. And it's a huge industry. And there are many people who, I, from in my experience, have customer service roles and then go on to be consultants to contact centers. So, Thinking of the areas that you start or you've you've helped businesses with, what are the challenges facing contact centers that you and Fab Solutions help solve? You know what, there are probably around, I, I look at contact centers and when I do um, a diagnostic in the, in the contact center suite, I probably find six common areas where contact centers are struggling. Um, and that's generally around the delivery of poor customer outcomes. So they're not delivering the the outcome that they would like or the customer experience that would like for contact centers, largely driven through issues around service levels. Um, there might be abandonment rate issues. There might be resourcing issues. And I think a lot of contact centers are still um, struggling to, to find the right resource plan to match the demand that's coming through, which is why a lot of people are moving towards more omni-channel, multi-channel telephony systems that will allow you to think about that demand. But at the same time, when you do that, you integrate 
more systems into the process, which means agents can be handling anything up to eight to 12 different systems at any one time. So the next time you're giving a, a contact center agent a hard time, because they might be taking a little bit of a while, think about the number of systems that they might be updating your details in. And what tends to happen with that is you, your teams get a little bit disengaged. They get demotivated. The working loads of manual processes. So the culture in the organization starts to shift into sometimes quite a negative one, which can impact performance. Mm. So the, the kinds of customer problems or challenges could be uh, high churn, probably, because there's a lot of, of turnover in contact centers, um, low levels of performance, um, we're dealing with people across the phone. We can't see them. People's motivation ducks, uh, ducks and dives. Uh, multiple systems, like you mentioned. Um, inefficiency in the operations. And then perhaps because we're often dealing with, say, multiple companies. I mean, in my case, I was doing some contacts into customer service support on behalf of a sportswear company and Microsoft and then a printer company in Japan. And all of a sudden, you've got all these multiple customer journeys, which you've got to remember. And it's complex, isn't it? You're dealing with multiple brands. And when you think about the the, the, the change that's happened over the last 18 months, the, the amount of contact centers that have to have had, have had to adopt um, a more omni-channel experience, probably before they were ready to adopt that, there's around 60, I think the stat is about 68% of organizations moved into the cloud over the COVID period. Um, so if you think about that in terms of how they were ready, how quickly they had to do that, the change management behind that, the shortcuts that were perhaps taken, and how that then impacts the customer journey and how clunky those journeys might be because people have thrown these things together, um, it can create quite um, a fractured uh, customer journey. So you have considerable experience, 17 years in contact centers, you've worked for a range of companies. Um, so increasingly many corporations are outsourcing to BPOs. Um, by that, we mean business process outsourcing. So Sykes McQueen is a company I worked for. Um, as I mentioned, some companies have their own contact centers. Uh, do you find that a lot of people, let's say in, in our age bracket, just say, you know what, I've had enough of this. I'm now going to be a consultant and and work with contact centers. I mean, are there many people you are familiar with who've gone on to leave the business and uh, consult back into contact centers? And how big is that market? Do you know what? the It's, it's interesting, actually, because I thought when I initially set up the business, I thought, you know what, I'm going to go and do this contact center consultancy piece because I've, I've not heard of anybody um, that does that. And the, the consultants that come into... The, the organization that I was with, you had your, your KPMGs, your Deloitte, your Accentures, and none of them were really contact center specialists. But then as soon as you venture into the pool of contact center consultancy, you start meeting new people and you realize the, the market is probably bigger than you you first thought. So there are, there are a number of people that do contact center consultancy. And I think where I find them is more in the technology space. I think where Fab Solutions is different, and this is I can say this because it's my business, is that we look at the I suppose the the the, the life cycle of a contact center from people, process, leadership, and technology, and we try and fuse those four things together to say actually where where is the gap that's not being delivered in the market, and I think it's it's more in the in the people space that then pulls together the whole end to end spectrum. Um, of process, of leadership, and of technology, and then understand how you can play to that market and how you can bridge some of those gaps. 
um, with a holistic proposition rather than just I'm a technology solutions provider or I'm just a training provider. What I want to be, as I suppose, is um, that the vision for the business is to be the one-stop shop for contact centres. Okay. So you're quite clear then on the challenges facing contact centres, the ones you help. Um, So I think this is the kind of nub of today's episode is, let's say someone has left a contact centre. They have lots of experience under their belt, or as in my case, they just have perhaps not contact center operational management experience, but they still feel they want to work with contact centers because it's familiar to them. They understand the business, the challenges and the goals. Now you said, I know what to do here. You have your uh, clarity around the kinds of challenges that companies face in terms of performance, uh, complex customer journeys, uh, multiple systems, disengagement. And you said, well, I know what I need to see in the marketplace because I worked in these I want to see more uh, efficiency in terms of operations, innovation, and so on. You then said, right, I, I need, therefore, some kind of IP, some kind of framework. And you came up with something which I've seen. I won't share that with people because it's your IP, but let's describe it briefly. It's called the FAB proposition, and it focuses on people, process, technology, and leadership. Um, I'll leave it to you to describe the framework, but I also want to hear from you, Gary, what what gave you the confidence to say, I know exactly how to take my experience and convert this into a framework or a value proposition with which I can consult with clients? Definitely. And I, and for me, it was, this has been a, I'd call it, I'd describe it as a labor of love. Uh, it's one of those things where I, I, as a contact center operations leader and as someone who was in the contact center industry for so long and still in the contact center industry, um, I faced firsthand some of the problems and challenges that working in the contact center brings and (laughs) every day there is a new and different challenge but that's why we stick around in the contact center because it's not dull and it's not boring and there's lots to be sure (laughs) yeah there's definitely lots to be cracking on with and i kind of thought to myself right the 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 mission for Fab, I talked about the vision being a one-stop shop for contact centers, but the mission for, for Fab Solutions is to change the perceptions of customers through delivering excellent customer experiences in contact centers. And I kind of use that as a thing to say, right, actually, if that's the mission, why is the why is customer expectation or customer experience so fractured? And why, when you speak to somebody about dealing with a contact center, do they often heave a big sigh? You've probably done it yourself, Mark, haven't you? You say, oh, I've got to ring so-and-so and I know I'm going to be on hold for an hour and I know I'm going to lose the will to live after they've played their hold music to me a hundred different times. So we, we've all been there and we've all had that experience. So I've had it as a, as a customer and I've experienced it as a, an operational leader trying to solve that problem. And I think for me, when I started to think about the business, I I started to think about what are the problems that I know contact centers face on a day-to-day basis? And what are the solutions that I've implemented in contact centers that have helped solve that? And what are the solutions that I'm aware of in the market that can help contact centers really transform their customer experience? And you have to think about it in that journey. You have to think about it in that cycle is to say, right, if we've got disengaged people or we've got people who aren't trained in the right way or we've got a negative culture within the contact center then how is that going to impact customer experience so in order to make sure that we're delivering the best customer experience we need to start with our people 
And we need to start with how well they're trained, how knowledgeable they are, how well we recruit them, and how we kind of make sure we instill the right values and behaviours into those people right from the get-go. And the thing that stops that is the quality and the calibre and the capacity of leaders in the organisation. Um, so we need to then look at how the leadership capability is set up in the in the contact centre. And do managers have the capacity? Do managers have the um, the capability? And do they have the confidence to be able to lead their teams well? So we have to look at how the training competency framework is set up. We have to look at what uh, leadership development pathways we've got. And we need to look at how skilled they are in their coaching capabilities. But knowing as I do contact centres, I know the biggest thing, because I've, I've done the team leader role, is that everything, you get pulled from pillar to post as a contact centre leader. And what causes that is all the fractured processes within the contact centre. So we get pulled into different projects, we get pulled into marketing journeys, we get pulled into project journeys. And actually, the team leader is pulled from pillar to post and trying to manage that. So actually, what we then need to look at in order to give the team leaders the capacity to be able to invest time and energy into their people we need to look at that process. So we need to look at the customer journey. We need to look at the operating rhythm. We need to look at continuous improvement within the contact centre. We need to look at how digital enablement can improve those processes and how we can look at automation of processes to give them that capacity. So if we pull back for a second from the actual detail, um, so people listening to this may not actually be in the contact centre world, but perhaps they're consultants or want to be consultants. So I'm thinking of the value here of developing a framework. Some people I know who left, say, the corporate world to become trainers or just started off training went straight from um, understanding the problem to providing a product or solution. In other words, a, a course, some kind of, of a training workshop. But what you've done is you've developed a framework or a proposition. What do you think the value is of doing that first rather than saying, right, here's the fix for here's the program, here's the workshop that you need um, for your problems. And you know what? When I first started, I will not kid you, I probably went down that same route uh, and said, right, I have I have a product that I could sell and I think that it will sell really well. And I, I looked at the um, the sales practices because I was initially thinking, right, actually, there's, there's sales capability partners because I've worked with other capability partners before in the past and thought, can I do that? And can I do it better? I, I think I probably could. So I went straight into, I can do sales training for contact centers. Uh, and of course it didn't work <laughs> because you, you were, you were focusing too much on product and not the actual problems that the contact center face. And I, I quickly realized, um, after a, a, a few months of no calls, no emails, no, no business, um, that actually we need to go back to the, the, the concept and the framework of why you set up business in the first place and what you wanted to try and um, fix for contact centers and said, right, let's internalize uh, and look inwardly about all the problems that you were experiencing in that field, the problems that your industry faced. So even if you've not worked in contact centers, I would suggest um, if you were looking at a particular market, look at the problems that that market has and the solutions that are available to fix some of those problems and some of the pain points that they experience on a daily, weekly, monthly basis. And that helps you, one, get inside their their, their, their shoes. It helps you lead, lead um, a day in the life of 
a contact center leader, a, a head of contact centers, a director of contact center operations, and what are the problems that they're they're experiencing on a daily, weekly, monthly basis? And if you were in their board meeting, what are the things that they would probably talk about that needs fixing? Or what are the things that they would talk about that's an initiative that they might want to run within their teams to help them improve their customer experience? So I really took myself back, and this is where this whole fab proposition came from. And I started out with... Let's put the key problems that contact centers face on a page. And then what I did is I flipped those problems and said, what's the ideal? What's the nirvana that as a contact center operations leader, I want to be saying about my contact center? So where, for example, we were taking things like we're delivering poor customer outcomes. The flip side of that is we're delivering great customer outcomes. We surprise and delight our customers by understanding them and delivering service excellence. So from that, I said, right, if that's what we want to do, what are the things in terms of the proposition that Fab Solutions needs to be famous for that will help contact centers do that? So part of the proposition for for Fab is training. So there's customer service training programs that we do through our service excellence program. There's understanding the the customer journey and the issues that are arising from your operational experience. So doing a complaints audit and a diagnostic on the contact center to see where customers are coming out and saying, right, this isn't working for me. So I'm either going to make a complaint, I'm going to cancel my policy, or I'm going to leave. All those are impacted in the customer service journey. So where you might think actually customer outcomes is all about training, a lot of it can be fixed in process improvement because what's happening there is customer complains, customer complains to agent. Agent gets frustrated, agent tries their best to fix it. They might not be able to fix it. Customer escalates the complaint to the team leader. Team leader's capacity are then diminished because they're having to deal with an escalated complaint. The agent then feels disengaged because they're dealing with lots of complaints. Customer isn't happy with the outcome. They leave. It might be we need some complaints training. The root cause isn't necessarily train your teams on complaints because actually I find most customer service reps are very passionate about customers and want to do a good job. So it's not that they can't handle complaints and they need complaints training. As a contact center, we need to understand the root cause of why the customer is complaining. So you go right back to the, uh, the initial bit. And that's where I thought, right, how can Fab Solutions help in that respect and build a proposition um, around that, that market? So the proposition, the, the Fab proposition is what I see in front of me right now. Um, it's, a, it's a multicolored wheel. Um, it's got four key areas and around that, then you've got a range of areas, including culture audit, uh, digital transformation, uh, coaching culture, etc. Um, I know I've done this in the past and I always become frightened when I realize the number of areas in which organizations need help from me. And the temptation is often that if you, if you dig, you find too many stones and you realize you can't lift them all. Is there a danger when you develop a framework for your training or consultancy company that you just realize actually, what I'm doing is I'm showing myself there are things I can't help people with. Um, I'd love to help them all. And if I highlight all of these things, I'm actually uh, discovering things I can fix. Yeah. And that's where the the beauty of this wheel uh, for me is to say, right, let's let's do a diagnostic. If we if you if we were sat down in your contact center with your your executive team and said, right, let's do a, a bit of a self-evaluation 
as to where we think our capability is for our teams in training. And you can almost take these wheel. And I've done this in coaching sessions with people before is to say, when you look at some career coaching, you say, right, let's look at all the competencies that's needed for a particular job. This for me is the competency wheel, if you like, of how a good contact centre should run. And you can almost go through this wheel and say, right, if we were to rate your training capability as a contact centre out of 10, what would you give it? If we were to, if you were to rate and self-evaluate the culture within your, your contact centre, what would you rate it out of 10? If you were to rate the sales effectiveness of your of your contact centre, how would you rate that out of 10? And what you then start with is you, you, you kind of get um, almost like a prioritisation wheel of the key things that are causing us a problem and the ones that are low on that spectrum, you could say, right, are those the key priority areas that you want help with? And then you can start to build out what the action plan needs to be from that. So if it's, it then might mean that we have to go in and do some one-to-one interviews with people. We have to do some surveys with people. We have to speak to your customers uh, to get an understanding if some of those are the, the right things to be working on. So for me, it gives you the opportunity to prioritize what the key areas are and say, right, we might, we can't, we can't boil the ocean. We can't do everything. But if these are the two or three things that are going to make the biggest difference, those are the things that we zone in on. Okay, so the fab wheel, which you've done, it's highly visual, it's graphic, it, it looks extremely professional. Um, this could help a consultant who says, right, I need to be able to use something which people can look at and see, not just describe uh, with words. So is there value in having a tool like this? I think there is. It shows that you've... Um, you can recognize the challenges that that business leader has as you're talking to them. That's, of course, if you're talking to a business leader and not HR. Um, and that person recognizes that you know something about their industry. You've, you can highlight through your framework, your your proposition wheel, for example, if you draw this out as like a diagram, all the areas in which you can help people. And then from those things, then you can say, well, actually, here's the fix. So in other words, if we start with a proposition or some kind of uh, diagram which we can use to consult with someone. From that, then we can say, okay, here are the programs that could actually fix these things or these challenges. And you've done that. I mean, you've got a service excellence program. So from some quadrant on that wheel, um, you can sit down next to someone or even over the phone or on Zoom. Um, you can walk them through that diagram and, and then explain which of those fixes or programs um, will uh, answer challenges in that area. Um, this is a lot of work. I mean, the, the slideshow I'm looking at right now is about 20 slides. It's extremely well designed. Um, do you find that people think you're therefore a bigger company than just one person? You know what, sometimes, I mean, I talk quite... Um, I, I use the royal we when I refer to Fab Solutions because <laughs> it's, it's one of those things... And I I set the business up with a very specific intention to say, right, this is going to be a business that is going to outgrow me. Um, so I didn't want it to be Gary Gormley and Associates or anything like that, because I thought, one, it doesn't sound particularly sexy. <laughs> uh, and two, it's not necessarily about me. It's about what the business can bring to a, a contact center. Um, so I set it up as Fab Solutions very intentionally, because um, I also wanted it to be Oh, let's bring the fab guys in. <laughs> that was also a thing as well. Like, yeah, let's get right. those fab guys in. Um, and obviously, if we do a, a fab job, even better. Um, but what I've done as well as part of the um, the growth of the business is I've looked to say, right, if a contact center needs help with technology, I am not a technologist. 
I understand technology and I understand how you can connect a contact center up to the relevant technologies, but I am not the implementation guru for uh, contact center technologies. So what I've got is a team of people that I can call on that says, we've got a program, we need to implement a new omni-channel telephony service into a contact center, I need your help. And then I can build that up as a as a team and as a project team that will help me deliver that. And I think that's a useful way of being able to leverage your network to help a contact center. So I'm always open to say, right, I, this is what I do. I can help you identify the problems. I can help craft a solution. But what we might need to do is bring a few people in that can help us address the implementation of that problem. Um, so I've got a team of associates that I work with uh, and a team of technology partners that I work with that helps me do that. So when people say, are you just you? I'm like, well, no, I'm not. Just, it's not just me in the business. It's me, it's the associates, and it's the technology partners that I work with. The fortunate thing with that is that they're not on the payroll. <laughs> so it's it's not necessarily a, a huge operational cost, but actually I think it, for a business of, of my size, um, that's a sensible way to do business because it reduces your overheads. Okay, let's circle back and summarize that for people listening. I think it's really, really valuable, lots of learning in that. So you began a company, you spent 17 years in oh, an operational role. You've loads of experience uh, basically in the role that you and I used to do. And then you went into um, operational management. You're familiar with all the challenges. You've listed them out. You've developed IP or intellectual property, a framework which recognizes these challenges. You use this tool to consult with clients and to show one, that you know exactly what challenges they're facing, but two, to also highlight what where you can help. And it doesn't have to be something that you help with specifically. It could be something that you can bring someone else in to help with. So it could be something to do with technology in contact centers or channel management or something like that, some other areas. So in effect, what your customers are doing by virtue of your framework is helping you to find out where they have a challenge. And this is something that you can help with personally as Gary, or you can bring in your associates, your extended team who can uh, form part of your brand on particular projects. Absolutely spot on. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. Right. So how long did all of this take to go from, I know what's in my head to developing this framework, this value wheel, and then to derive from that actual programs that you could price up and pitch into the marketplace? Yeah. You know what? It's, the initial concept probably took me around, I would say, three months to really craft. And I, I'd say that the, the hardest part um, was actually defining and being really specific about what you can't do versus what you can do um, and saying what you actually want to be famous for. So for me, it probably took about three months to craft the initial concept and start thinking about how we get the the key problems that contact centers face right, the key opposites, if you like, in terms of where contact centers want to be famous for, and then pulling all that together into the wheel, which started off, started life as um, just an A4 sheet with me drawing it on <laughs> people process leadership and technology. So it's almost like when you see people crafting something as an idea on a napkin, that's pretty much where it came from. You say, right, this is what I want it to look like. How do I turn that into something that actually I can, I can put in front of a, a client? And I mean, and I tried to do it on my own PowerPoint skills, uh, Mark, but I thought that looks terrible. Um, so I, I took that idea and I took that concept and took it to um, a designer and said, how can you turn this from my brain and my 
doodles into something that means something um, that can that can form what what I've got now, which is a, a full end to end proposition that is marketable. That's um, that that works. I I I think for the the industry that I'm in. So all in all, I'd say the initial concept three months, but I say it probably took a good six months to craft the full end-to-end proposition and it constantly evolves i constantly keep thinking oh that's a little bit different let's build that in and so it's whilst it's there it's it continues to uh, grow arms and legs so people might say well hang on a sec do i really need this um like a 20 slide deck or something corporate looking and i've heard people say no um if you have enough contacts if you have enough know-how in your mind you can literally go out and consult and you can train people However, I think looking at the quality of this framework, it's, as I said to you when we first spoke and I saw this, this is as good as anything I've seen in in the corporate world. Is it worth the investment? Is it worth the time in producing this? Could you look back and say now, without this, um, I couldn't charge what I charge or find the clients I work with or convert them from prospects into into paying customers? What would you say to that? You know what? I am a bit of a corporate beast. I, I The first thing that I did when I set up my business was say, right, I need a three-year plan. <laughs> and that sort of thing. And that comes from living in corporate life too long. Um, so you, you're absolutely right. You could probably do this without it. But I think for me, the way that my brain works and the way that I it helps me visualize the proposition really, really clearly so I can sit down with somebody and say, right, this is how I can help, or this is how we can frame the conversation. Um, and this is where we can start. Um, and what it does, and I can see when I talk to people, their minds, you can see that their eyes are going up to the right and they're really starting to visualize and, and think and tell them tell themselves stories about the problems, um, about the potential solutions, and they can see it all joining up in the head. So I think this is a really great tool to help people conceptualize how they might work with fab solutions and the problems that fab solutions might be able to help them fix. Um, so you don't necessarily need it and it definitely doesn't need to be 20 slides long. And when I'm sitting with a client, I don't necessarily go through all 20 slides, but um, it definitely helps you think, right, they've got a problem with process. So let's talk through some of the process challenges that we've got and some of the solutions that are available uh, to alleviate some of the challenges around those processes. Um, or if it's a training challenge in, in the sales team, say, right, well, let's look at this sales methodology that we use um, and let's see where the gaps are within your existing sales team that might align to some of the structure that we're, t- we're trying to implement for you. Um, so it definitely, definitely helps. Um, and it, it, it shapes my conversation. It shapes my thinking as well as I think helps clients visualize some of the challenges that they've got. Yeah, I think you've used two great words there, Gary. One is it, it shapes. So if I go in and just talk to someone, I'm using, you know, words, people perhaps can visualize what I'm saying. Um, so when I have something graphical, visual, people can look through this and get excited about that thing. And the quality, as I said, is outstanding. It's outstanding. And I think one of the reasons that this helps if I were looking at this with fresh eyes is it almost justifies the price tag. Now I won't talk about prices. That's your business. But um, if I were really blown away by this, I might think, goodness gracious, this is, this is worth the money this guy's charging. Whereas if you go in with some kind of, you know, khaki little uh, PowerPoint thing, you've knocked together yourself. It doesn't really do yourself justice. Um, 
would you say that having this quality of presentation, this framework, uh, putting thought into the architecture of your consulting programs, training programs, do you think that's helped to raise the prices to where they are? Definitely. And, and it's, uh, you've used an interesting word there yourself in terms of the architecture of it, because I think it is, it's, it's, it's almost going back to that house methodology is to say, right, what are the pillars, what are the foundations and what's the, the roof over the, over the whole business. And I think this helps craft that fab proposition is the roof and that then all the, the solutions kind of come down as those pillars. Um, and I am charging more now than when I first started, because I didn't necessarily feel like I had the, um, the, the right or perhaps the experience um, to be able to um, to charge what I'm charging now back then. So it's definitely given me confidence to say, right, I can help you. And this is how much it will cost for that help. So from this proposition, you've got your pyramid, you've got your programs, you've got your pricing, et cetera, and you've got then a breakdown of how these things work and what's involved in each of these stages. And the other thing I like about the framework that you have, it almost, it, it's, it's like a logical buildup of why they need you. So you've, you've begun with recognizing the pain points that they have. You've explored almost through the diagrams that you have in your uh, proposition wheel, what these things lead to. And then from that, you've walked them to the solutions. And then finally, you put together some kind of programs, training programs uh, with support. And also what I quite like about yours um, is, is you have a retention program. So you ask people for a, a commitment. It's not just here's a training program. It's here is a package. And this gives you interim support or continuous support over, you know, five days, three days, 10 days per month. Um, what was your thinking about that and, and the ways that you can use this to hook in um, your consultancy customer or training customer into what we call monthly recurring revenue? Yeah. So there's, there's two ways that that works um, really well is to say, right, I, I, I didn't want to be one of those consultants that you just pay to deliver some recommendations and then they disappear. And you often hear people saying, uh, and describing consultants to say, right, if you, when, when you hire a consultant, um, they ask to look at your watch and then they tell you the time. So that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's, I, I hated that. And I, I've seen that structure happen in, the, the, the many years that I was working in corporate life is that consultants will come in, they'll reorganize your target operating model, and you, they'll, they'll regurgitate a plan that happened five years ago that didn't work, that another consultant came in and said, let's change it and do something different. So the the, the piece that I wanted to do, and the, the, the benefit that I wanted to provide was the experience that comes with working with Fab Solutions is to say, yes, we can do the diagnostic, yes, we can come up with some recommendations, but actually what we want to do is roll our sleeves up and help you in that transformation piece. And we can do that by offering ongoing support and ongoing retainer-based relationships to say, here's um, here's X amount of day support that we can provide on a, a weekly, monthly basis, looking at either the, the, the delivery of a project for you or actually the backfill of the, the specialist person that you take out of that business to then work on the project um, or just provide some day-to-day guidance, even, even if that's kind of coaching guidance for managers uh, or team leaders or directors or operational leaders to say, right, how do you want to frame the the, the the next month or the next few months so that we can start to help you plan um, all the strategic initiatives and everything that's coming down the line and give you a little bit of clarity of thought uh, around what's happening in the contact centre? Because it's a busy, bloody place to, to kind of 
working. So you don't often get that thinking time. And if I can help provide that, either in the support or the action um, that, and to, that alleviates the um, the resource challenge, then that's where my head was going is to say, right, you can have a recommendation. Great. Here you go. But actually, we can provide you with some ongoing support to help you manage your business to get to where you want to get to. Right. It's, it's absolutely fascinating. And when you put this in front of people, I'm sure their eyes light up and they realize, you know, I'm dealing with someone who is um, professional, competent, knowledgeable and resourceful. And it also helps them to think perhaps about problems they don't realize they have and and how you can add value there. Um, yeah, it's so extremely impressive, Gary, extremely impressive. You, you, you got someone to take the thoughts from your mind, convert this into some kind of um, proposition wheel. And from that, you've designed and the programs and all of that makes a nice business case. Um, so for people listening, let's just say someone is thinking, hey, I've got some ideas. I've come from a sphere or a part of industry. I want to go in and consult now. Um, build my my IP, where would they start? Just let's go through this very quickly. Where would they start? So start with, so really understand the target market that you're working in. And actually I sat down and, and when I first started, I created my ideal customer persona uh, and I started with one, uh, but actually there are probably three different personas um, that I talk to in the in the contact center. You've got the, the contact center leader, you've got the 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 middle manager, if you like, and then you've got the the operations director or the customer service director or the sales director. So that C-suite or that that directorate level. Um, so think about the challenges that each of those have got and the problems that each of those face, and start to work those problems. Because actually, the problems that you think from um, an agent or a team leader or the very first run of the organisation that you're trying to to help will start to roll up into the bigger problems that the C-suite will will trying to be solved uh, or trying to solve. So once you've got that, you can then start to really outline the problems that they might talk about and the language that they might use for some of those problems because that is really beneficial when you're trying to create ideas for things like social media. So if you're using LinkedIn as a mechanism to attract people, if you're talking about the problems from their perspective – they're more likely to stop the scroll and they're more likely to listen to what your what the problem is and the solution then you're, that you're likely to, to solve. Then flip that and say, right, how do I fix those? So what does the uh, the Nirvana look like? So if you're showing the, the, the customer the problem, you then need to show them the opposite of that. Say, we want you to feel this way. And I do that in terms of those, those clunky customer journeys. Say, right, we want your customer journey to be seamless. So we can help you build that seamless flow from one step to the next without the need for lots of manual workarounds. And actually, if you think about that, that then, God, I'm thinking about all the manual workarounds that we've got in our contact center. And actually, if you can help us halve some of those, that's going to make us more efficient. It's going to make us more effective. It's going to make the customer journey better. So you tell the opposite, I suppose, to what your problem is, to the solution that you're trying to fix. And then it's crafting the actual products that are going to help fix those things. And whether that's consulting whether it's training, whether it's process improvement, you've got to create the, the the mechanism, if you like, that you can help with. Gary, where can people find out more about you then? Um, so www.fabsolutions.co.uk is, um, is the website. Uh, and then if people want to engage with any content that I produce, look me up on LinkedIn. It's Gary Gormley, Gary with two R's, just, uh, just to add a little bit of extra complexity there. Um, oh yeah, I'm, I'm sure we can, we can, 
pop the pop my contact details um onto the to the end of this when we are when we promote it and then just feel free to give us a shout yeah absolutely yeah you're quite a prolific poster on on linkedin i see your stuff all the time a pest some might say <laughs> <laughs> it's a competitive landscape gary thank you so much for being my guest on the show awesome it's been great to be here mark thank you very much for inviting me along My sincere thanks to Gary for being my guest today on the show, and thanks to you for tuning in, for being a regular listener. I really appreciate the support, and of course, the suggestions which you send me each week in terms of the critique, things you don't like, things you do like, and things you'd like to hear on the show. I really want to hear all of that stuff, so please contact me personally, mark at trainingbusiness.com. I read my emails myself, I reply individually, and I take them to heart. I put thought into my replies. And if you're one of those people who've written to me, you'll know that's true. I really find a a bit of therapy, actually, in doing this each week. I really think of the kinds of questions, the conundrums, the problems, the challenges that I have faced. And it's on that basis that I invite people to be on the show to talk about their journey. And I'd love to know what is helping you on your business journey as a business owner. And that's exactly why I say training business, not just training podcast, but bringing to the fore the topics which help you to make what you do into a business. Now, there is a fresh episode, of course, I promise every single Thursday. Next Thursday is no different. I'd love you to subscribe right now because it costs nothing. It takes a couple of seconds. It validates what I do, what James and Sam help me to do every Thursday. And of course, it helps to bring the show to people just like you and me out there who need to understand what it is to be in the training business and how wonderful it is And of course, the ups and downs, which make this a very, very interesting profession. Please keep those emails coming. Please subscribe and please come back again next Thursday. Until then, look after yourself and loved ones. Keep training, keep selling, keep going. Bye for now. Thanks once more for listening to this episode of the trainingbusiness.com podcast. See you next time.